Not just cheese and chocolate, a Swinglish podcast about books and other stuff I like. Hi, I'm Krista from Switzerland and this is the 14th episode of my podcast. All music used in this podcast is provided by my husband, Rolf. You can contact me via the podcast blog at notjustcheeseandchocolate.wordpress.com where you also find the episode notes and information on all the books I mention. While dogs are often characters in books, they are not always written in a realistic way. In this episode, I recommend some books with dogs in them that I read recently and where I was happy with the way dogs were depicted. Diane's husband Paul came to the rescue with her part of the episode. Prepare yourself for some charming pet stories. I did an episode on cat books and an episode on horse books. So, of course, what's missing is an episode on books with dogs. I have chosen a selection of books that I read quite recently or listened to quite recently. And I hope I can remember enough points to describe them to you. It's a mixture of children's books, fiction, romance. It's all thrown together and I just start with the first one, which has a great cover. I recommend you look at the cover because uh, you see a dog on that cover that is really fat. And that's exactly the dog in the book. So often the covers are not true to the story, but here it's, it's perfect. The book is called I Hate You More by Lucy Gilmore, who is apparently a well-known author of rom-coms. But that was the first one, as far as I know, that I read by her. And it started out quite funny, but it is not just a funny book. There are some issues addressed, nothing too heavy, but still an intelligent book with people trying to deal with things and finding solutions for them and also finding their happily ever after, of course. So the heroine is a former beauty queen uh, who, who did that from childhood uh, under the regime of her mom. And she left at 19, I think she left that life of beauty queenness behind and is now caretaker at a home for rich old people and she's treated very badly there work is she likes the old people but she's treated by, badly by her boss and she she doesn't earn enough money to really live on so she's poor and kind of frustrated and not really living her life to the best of her abilities but then one of the people living there uh, has a dog and she wants that dog to compete in a dog show. And she enlists the help of our heroine because she has experience as a 
beauty queen contestant, former beauty queen contestant, to show that dog at the dog show. The first meeting with the church, with the main church at the show goes very badly. Uh, he gets a bad impression of the dog and the lady. But later on, they do see the good sides of each other and the dog may or may not compete. He has to be a somewhat better dog to even be capable of competing in that show because he's very badly trained and not well behaved at all. But important to the story, of course, and I enjoyed the book with all the side characters. There are a lot of, of interesting side characters, and she also has to deal with her mother and some issues between them. And he has to deal with his brother and some issues with that very strange guy. And in the end, it all turns out fine for everybody. They have not only found love, but also a better way of living. Isn't that nice? And all because of one fat, badly behaved dog. I love that book. Then a book that is sad in places, but, but very important. I say that in the beginning, the dog does not die, even if it one at one time is in danger of dying. Because I hate it when the dogs die in a book, so I mentioned that at the beginning. This book is called A Home for Goddesses and Dogs by Leslie Connor. And this is the book about an orphan, a young girl who lost her mother not long ago. Over years, her mother was very ill for a long time and they were all they had, each other, because her father left. Six years ago, I think, because he couldn't bear it anymore, having a sick wife, and he left them. So this girl has been very grown up for a long time. She was the one who was with her mom when she finally died, and she was well prepared because her mother knew she was dying, and they did talk about it, so it was a process, but still, it's it's... It's a sad beginning for a book. And then she instantly moves to her aunt, her last of kin. And her aunt, with her wife and the elderly man with whom they live in his house, they take her in and they also adopt a dog. A badly behaved dog. And the young girl learns how to deal with dogs and she learns how to deal with grief and she learns to be a member of a new family and to confront life. And I was very glad that the bad guy wasn't as bad as at first I feared, but there are issues and problems that have to be overcome and some sad parts. But in the end, it's a very hopeful book. It's a book about people being good to each other, taking care of each other, loving each other, even through the hard times. And there are many hard times in the book, but nothing too overwhelming. I felt that it dealt with the issues in a kind way so that I, that I could easily listen to them. That was A Home for Goddesses and Dogs. Highly recommend. The next one is a classic, old-fashioned romance novel by Elizabeth Hoyt, The Raven Prince, 
where a young woman, a young widow, I think, in dire straits, takes on the job as secretary to a mysterious and uh, scarred uh, titled gentleman who doesn't want a female secretary, but in the end finds that he needs to keep her because she's good and he has frightened away all his secretaries before her while she stands up to him. And in this book, there is an amazing dog. And that dog is very important to the story because the titled gentleman really doesn't seem a very nice person at the beginning of the book. And you ask yourself, is he the hero? Can he really be the hero of this book? But you see him interact with that dog, that big dog that has no name at the beginning of the story. It's just the dog at his side. And when you see him, the way he treats that dog, he communicates with that dog, you you realize that he must be a good person. Inside, somewhere, there must be buried a very good person. And they find love in each other's arms, of course. I won't tell more, I won't spoil the story, but that dog was really important and a great dog. A great addition to the story. Not just, um, it, it's a character by itself, that dog. It's an important character of the story by itself. Then I have Better Than People by Rowan Parrish, which is a, a very sexy male-male romance that I liked. It's about an artist and a younger man who's very anxious. I think he has an anxiety disorder and they find love with each other because um, the artist, I think he had an accident and couldn't take care of his many, many dogs and other pets and the young man came over to help with that and so they fell in love. The animals in this book are described in a way that's really realistic and lovely. Uh, but it is a very, very sexy book, so not for everyone. You have to decide for yourself. Then there's a book called Hello Love by Karen McQuestion, with a very sweet dog on the cover. I wrote in my review that this was slightly better than a Hallmark movie, so it wasn't my favorite book. It was very sweet, so more like an in-between book, a palette cleaner cleaner maybe a book that you can read when you don't have a, a big book waiting for you or when you need something small and nice in between it's about a dog that is stolen from a widower who is still grief-stricken and then he has to look for his dog and a young woman who saves that dog and they finally find each other through that dog and fall in love She's had a bad divorce, a nasty divorce. He's a widower and they can work through their issues and find a new love with each other. And what I liked about the dog was that it was a real dog. Somewhere in the description they write about a very special dog, but you know every dog is very special. But sometimes in books that means it's a dog that can do things that normal dogs can't do. This was a very normal dog. She didn't have any superpowers or special <laughs> affinities. She was just herself a lovely, loving dog and the people who loved love, love her uh, 
and look for her and find her again and are reunited through her. Then there's the Rescue Me series by Debbie Burns. I highly recommend. I was lukewarm about the romances. They're not my favorite romances in those books. But okay. What I really loved was the dogs. Those are the best dogs in romance ever, I'd say. Uh, this is about uh, a home for dogs, uh, a shelter for dogs where they find places for them, whatever homes for the dogs that have been badly treated or were not taken care of or abandoned or whatever. And I've read three in the series, The New Leash on Love, Sit, Stay, Love, and My Forever Home. I think I read that one. At least in the first two, I remember very well the description of the dogs and the relationships with the dogs. That was great, that was interesting, and I think also very, very realistic. So no super dogs, no holy dogs, no talking dogs that you could just say what to do and they would do it. Those are real dogs that have issues and that have to be treated like dogs and that have to be trained like dogs and sometimes retrained because of things that happened to them in their former lives. So I was really touched by all the dog personalities and all the pets in these books and the romances were okay too. Then there is Duke Actually. Duke Actually by Jenny Holiday is a contemporary romance with one of those invented kingdoms somewhere in Europe. Um, the best friend of the heroine has just recently married a princess of that country and the best man at that wedding is a playboy Duke. And the heroine was a professor, very serious woman um, in higher education. She, she didn't take him very seriously, even though he was very good looking. She returns home uh, to America, I think, and deals there with uh, her former husband, who is neglecting the divorce day. He wanted, uh, but he never signed the papers. He... Uh, had an affair with a student of his. He was also a professor at the same school or university where she works. And she was really left in a very bad position at her workplace because of him. Uh, he, he treated her badly, but then uh, now that she agreed to the divorce, he's not signing the papers and it's all very annoying. And then she has to go to the Christmas party. And luckily for her, the Duke is in the city and he comes over and plays her fake boyfriend to show them all how um, she is an attractive and successful woman and has a Duke at her side. And this starts a friendship between them, uh, mostly pen pal friendship through the smartphones and they have a real connection. What I liked is the dog. She has a dog and her dog has the same name as the Duke. They're both called Max which gives some funny situations sometimes. 
Uh, it's a, a, a sweet, romantic, funny book most of the time, but also dealing with some issues like his father is an alcoholic and uh, there are some family issues that he has to get through and she, through her divorce and former relationship that she has to work on. So it's not all sunshine and glitter, but it's a sweet, romantic book for people who like some royalty thrown in. And there's Kristen Higgins, Catch of the Day. Kristen Higgins often has good dogs in her books. I choose Catch of the Day because the dog does not die. She has another book that I liked a lot, but the dog, an old dog, so I knew it would happen, but still the dog dies and I, I have not forgiven her for that, so I did do not recommend that book. I recommend Catch of the Day, where the dog plays a role but does not die. So then two children's books. Children's books about dogs are the best. Uh, one is called Flawed, Flawed Dogs by Berkeley Brief. This is a crazy adventure of a dog. It's it's our world, but it's not a really realistic version of our world. But it's all about breeding dogs and dog shows and people being really crazy about their well-bred dogs. And this one dog that doesn't fit into this world but finds a girl who really loves him but is separated through the mean machinations of a poodle, I think he was a poodle, or some other breed of a well-bred dog who intrigues against him, so he's thrown out to the streets and has to fight for his life, and Bert finds new friends and in the end is reunited with his girl after years apart. Very sad, that part. But they are reunited and everybody's happy in the end. And one that I just finished yesterday or the day before is Knitbone Pepper Ghost Dog by Claire Barker. <laughs> My friend thought it funny that the name is Barker. There are also very good illustrations that I did not enjoy because I listened to the audiobook, but the illustrations are by Ross Collins. And if you can get your hands on the book, the actual book with the pictures, I recommend to do that. I have the book at the library so I can look at the pictures later on. But right now I just enjoyed the story through my ears and it was great. It's about, it starts out with a sad scene of an old dog dying. Nipbone Pepper is dying and the Pepper family who he belonged to is super sad, especially his special girl Winnie his favorite pepper, she's destroyed. Uh, he rises again and is very amazed that he can move again like a young pup, uh, not uh, like the problems. He, he no longer has the health issues that he had at the end of his life. But, but his lovely Winnie cannot see him. And so he finds out after a while that he's a ghost. And there are other pet ghosts at the estate of the Peppers that uh, form uh, an organization called SOS and try to take care of their family 
uh, as ghosts. Uh, Nick Bone is very disappointed at first because the organization doesn't really do important things. But then the family is threatened to be thrown out of their house, an estate that they have lived on for hundreds of years. Uh, their forebears have lived there, and the peppers just belong on that estate. And of course, the ghost animals would not be able to follow that follow them to another place. So they have to help them stay at that home and fight the evil people who want to throw them out. And so the ghosts' pets come together and they fight for what is right and they win at the end. It's a series, so. I am looking forward to reading more of the books. And now I remember a book that is not on my list, but I have absolutely to recommend. I will have to check the English title. It's by Eva Ibbotson, a daughter that I love, and I probably have read all her books many times. She has written for children and for grown-ups. Romantic books, historical books, and fantastical children's books, and one is about dogs and of course I now cannot remember the title but I will put it on the web page. It's about a boy who wants a dog but his very rich parents don't want a dog in their very modern cold house because there could be hairs and stuff. So as a, a gift for his birthday they give him a dog but it's a rent dog so it's from a place where you can rent dogs and you don't want the responsibility of a real dog but you need one to walk out or for a date or to show off somewhere but then you can give it back but the boy and the dog they don't realize that it's just for the birthday they think that they have found each other they're madly in love instantly in love with each other and when they're separated after the day, they're both really super sad and the boy does not accept that. He does not accept. So he breaks in, he steals his dog back from the renting dog place uh, with the help of the girl that works there and that really hates what people there are doing to the dogs because all the dogs at the home to be rented out, they want permanent places, they want somewhere to stay, they don't want to be used and given back they, they want permanent relationships and they deserve it so the girl and the boy they flee <laughs> with all the dogs from that rental place and they have they travel and have adventures and on the way they meet kind people who would love to have a dog and so every dog finds its exactly fitting place and the boy ends at his grandparents who take him in and are very kind and not at all like his terrible parents. And because it's fiction and children's book, it can end that way and realism doesn't come into it. Every dog and every child finds his or her perfect place to stay forever and they're all happy at the end of the book. I'll put the title of this book by Eva Ibbotson on the webpage, because I don't remember it right now. 
And now, two sweet pet stories told by Paul and Diane in their own unique way. In the vast country called USA was a little town called Detroit with few houses and even fewer inhabitants. In a little house in St. Clair Shore was a young lady called Diane who owned a little dog called Peanuts. Peanuts! Peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. And what about Peanuts? Peanuts used to sniff around the house in search of good food. Good food. On a very sunny Sunday afternoon, Diane has her birthday, and she was given a beautiful pie with six little red candles in it. Ooh! But Mr. Peanuts the dog decided that it was his birthday too. Happy birthday, Peanuts! Yes, but Mr. Peanut went a little bit too far in his appetite. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He jumped on the table and, wanting to have a little piece of the beautiful pie and cake, he smashed it over the table. Oops! So the cake crashed on the floor. Oh! Dispersing in every direction. Ay, ay, ay. Hearing the noise, Diane came jumping into the room and found his beautiful, her beautiful cake on the floor, destroyed with a red-handed, coat-handed, Peanuts being called red-handed. And so Peanuts had no cakes, and Diane had no birthday's cake too. Oh, thank you very much for the story. But it's not over. Oh, but your toast is done. No, because oh. a skin cut called Spike called the bakery. Aha. And said they should deliver very quickly a new pie with six candles for Diane's birthday. Oh. And so did the pastryman in a very short time. Oh. And happily at the end of the day, a new cake was brought back in the house in St. Clair Shore. Six little candles were lit and the happy family gathered around the table. Wishing Diane happy birthday. Yay! Sorry to be so slow on the uptake. Inspiration wasn't there, but Paul made me smile now, and I'm ready to talk about cats and dogs too. It's so much fun. I don't do much reading about cats and dogs, but I think there are just great stories about them. And I'd like to share with you a little bit about Spike. Spike was a cat that really, in many ways, thought he was a dog. Um, he came with the name Spike. My brother got a phone call on his way home one afternoon saying, when you come home, watch the door. His name's Spike. Robert had no idea what was coming, but there had been no plans in the family to get a pet. And so, hmm, what could be going on? Well, when he got home, 
the scrappy little cat was going to show him who was boss. And he started to attack on Robert's feet and <laughs> a strange sound that didn't really sound like hissing, but it wasn't purring and <laughs> kept it up. And so they started from the beginning to think about how much this little fluff ball of cat was very much like a dog. And as it goes in all family, there's certain routines. And so when you get home, that's your time to say hello to everybody and the pets too. So there were two cats in this household. There was Arlene, a fat, lazy cat. And there was Spike, who really spiced up life for everybody. So Robert would get home and Spike would be waiting in the driveway for him. And then they would go into the house together and Robert needed to spend some time playing with Spike. And it could be true story, throwing a ball or, or um, a little mouse on a string and he had to catch it, that he liked. But he also just liked fetch. Robert could throw a ball, a little softball, and Spike would go and get it and bring it back. Truly, just like fetch. And after what Robert considered an appropriate amount of playtime, he would stop and then he would lay on the couch to read the paper. <laughs> Spike usually jumped on his stomach and purred and relaxed while Robert read the paper. But if he thought that Robert had not given him enough attention, then he would just keep pawing at the paper poo, 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 until Robert played with him again. And if Robert tried to ignore, he would just do it more. He would get back a little bit further and he would attack the paper. <laughs> so I have seen these things. My brother lived in Arizona and we lived in Michigan, so I, I didn't get a lot of it firsthand, but we spent Christmases together and so a lot of the things I heard about, I got to see when we visited. Um, another trick that Spike was very happy to oblige Robert with, um, he would hold Spike with his front paws out and his back paws back and he would go with Spike as if he were an airplane and he would fly him around the house. And Spike thought that was pretty good. He had no problems with it at all, unless Robert didn't make the sounds. Then Spike would wiggle a little bit like, hey, dude, get the sound system going. Cause he liked the meow, meow part. <laughs> My mom and that and I were thrilled when we got to see that. And sometimes when Robert came home from work, after all, I'd say, come on, do, <laughs> fly, do the fly bit. Come on, we want to see Spike fly. And if they were in the mood, they would oblige us. Um, sometimes, you know, things have to be done around the house. So there's not just time to play. And once Robert was working on the roof and he knew that Spike followed him everywhere, so he made sure that 
Spike was nowhere to be to be found, nowhere around, excuse me, when he had to go up on the roof. And I forget what he had to do, but he had to go really up on the roof, but he went through the inside of the house, I believe. Well, lo and behold, when he got to the roof, Spike was waiting him. Like, huh, and what took you so long to get here? Robert was really uncomfortable with this and the thought that Spike could fall. But Spike just stayed up there watching. He didn't go moving around. But I think he felt that as long as Robert was up there, he was going to be up there too. And Robert was happy when he was finished and was saying, down, down. And so Robert was going down the ladder and he'd been trying to watch to see how Spike got up there and he could only see so much. But when he got down, Spike was waiting at the bottom of the ladder. Isn't that adorable? <laughs> In the morning, um, Spike was like, come on guys, now it's time to get up, hey, hey. And they got into a little thing of throwing um, maybe the towel from the bathroom or something and, and then Spike would attack it. And if Robert didn't play that game, <laughs> Spike just kept running around until he would do it. And they had um, Mexican tiles that had uh, area rugs on the floor. And if Spike was really going at a speed, it was almost like he was snowboarding on the waxed floor because the carpets would just go whoosh, whoosh. So we have videos of some of those good things, but not all of them. And I think my last biggie to share with you is that Spike being part dog or thinking he was part dog was not too amazed at water. He didn't just go jumping in, but Robert often jumped in uh, when he was finished with the job to cool off. And once Spike hadn't been there when Robert came home and Spike was so happy to see Robert that he actually jumped in the pool to welcome him. Now, isn't that the most adorable thing you ever heard of? And that is a cat and not a dog. So that little story is what, if I could write little animal stories, I would write those. And Spike remains to this day, my very, 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 very favorite cat. Even though he wasn't mine, he was a wonder dog cat. Happy reading about animals, people, future, the past, whatever you're doing, life makes books better and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.